My name is Christian, for those that don't know me, and it is lovely to see you all today. You're looking lovely. Woo! You are. Honestly, thank you for that. Yeah, I've got some, I've got some greenery up. Makes it much, much more homely, I think. Um, and they will come in in a minute. We are going to begin a new series on the Sermon on the Mount um, today, over the next few weeks. And now, this is probably the best sermon ever preached. Not the one I'm going to do now, because that, that would be a bit arrogant. The, the one that Jesus did, a lot of people would say it was the best, the, the best sermon that many people uh, would, would widely say, as so many things have come out of this preach that people would still mention in today's society. Um, it's a great explanation of living life as a disciple of Jesus. And, um, and really, in many respects, and as we uh, progress through it, it's a call to an impossible standard of living. Um, and we will look into this very, very shortly. Um, but very right at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, um, we're going to look at the Beatitudes, or the beautiful attitudes, if you like. Um, all of them start with the word blessed, but a more accurate definition may well be happy or exuberant or full of joy. Um, so the opening section, Jesus has given us the attitudes we need to a happy life, keys to a happy life. So the whole series is going to be called Devoted because that's what it's about. Sermon on the Mount is about being devoted to Jesus. It's about living a devoted lifestyle towards Jesus. Uh, but the very start of this, he starts off with some keys. If you want to be happy, then this is how to live it. And the very first one is where everything hangs from, which is Matthew 5, verse 3. God blesses those who are spiritually poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Okay? Everything hangs from there. So, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Yeah, you can check this. It's all in there. And he created earth, and he created water, and he created all sorts of things. And in the end, by the end of it, he, had, he, put, uh, he, he created people and all the other things that you are expecting to see on the planet that are still here now. And... Um, he created the garden, and there was two trees, two trees in this garden. Some of you are checking this out. It's in there, honestly. Two trees. One is the tree of life. You can cheer this one. That's good. And one was the tree of... <laughs> one is the tree of what? Good. The knowledge of good and evil. One is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Boo this one. That was good. All right, so you ready? Oh, that's good. Right, okay. Now, there's nothing wrong. I mean, so basically, God says, don't eat off this tree. Um, and there's nothing like bad about growing in knowledge, so much as what the two trees actually represent. Because this tree here, the tree of life, represents Jesus. It represents life in all its fullness. It represents the, full, the life by which God lives by. Okay? So, effectively, this is eternal life God's throwing on offer here, so you eat off this, you can have eternal life, you can live with me forever, and you can have, you can enjoy godly living. It's a dependent lifestyle on God. Make sense? That's there. Over here is what's being represented is an independent life from God, where, where Adam is, is, is effectively grown within himself more naturally and can make decisions for himself. He gets to choose now, if he chooses this tree, and we all know what happens, but if he chooses this tree, he gets to choose what's right and wrong for him. Make sense? Yeah? He gets to decide what's good and evil. 
He gets to decide what's right and wrong. He gets to choose that, and he can, he can actually live off his own power away from God. So that was what took place. He took off this tree because he listened to a snake. Well, actually listened to his wife. He listened to a snake, but we won't get into that. And then, and this particular point, then what happens is that um, we go on, and God says these words, you can't eat off this tree anymore because if you do, you'll live forever. Blah, 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 blah. And so he, he stops this tree, stops access to this tree. We had enough knowledge yet. Knowledge, it's not a bad thing, but on this occasion it was. So, you ready? What's that? We have to remember this. And this? Ooh, right, okay. And then he starts the New Testament, Jesus starts the New Testament with this. Blessed are those who realize that they are spiritually poor and need God. And what he does with this, he puts this tree back on offer. Right at the start, he puts this tree of life back on offer. He says, right, you can now come back. It's now back on the table. You can come back to this. The tree of life is a tree of eternity. And it's what Jesus is saying. It's a tree to the abundant life. It's a tree to a life where we can enjoy God. It's a tree to a life where we can have the life that God lives by. Make sense? He's throwing it all on there. It's all back in there. God is saying, or Jesus is saying in this, that he wants us to rely on him. Make sense? That's what's there. To adopt a I can't, but you can in me attitude. As we recognize our need for God in every area of our lives, his divine life, his abundant life flows through us. And that's a really good thing. A God-dependent life is a grace-filled life. A God-dependent life is a God-filled life. This is what is required. This is what Jesus is just saying, recognize how much you need me. And that's it. That's the one thing that we need to do. After that, everything else flows out quite nicely. So it's where the Sermon on the Mount starts, and everything that you read in the New Testament from there, every command, rather, flows and hangs from it. Jesus' opening statement is, guys, we all need God. And that's, that's where it all hangs from. We need God. And if you think you don't, it's not going to be great. He says, we need God. Trust God and not yourself for everything else I speak. Trust God. We need God for everything else that I'm going to speak. It's the first piece of teaching in the New Testament, really, that comes from Jesus' mouth. It's essential. It's the message of salvation, isn't it? Really? It's like you need God for salvation. If you think that you can get saved by being a good boy or a good girl, we're stuffed. Because a good deed doesn't wipe out a bad deed. Just in case you didn't know that and you're here for the first time. All right? A good deed and a bad deed don't wipe each other out. You can do 55 good deeds and 54 bad deeds. It's still no good. All right? There's only one thing that does it, and that's Jesus' death on the cross. Jesus' death on the cross gets rid of all of the bad. He forgives us all of our sin, all of our bad, through that one thing. We need God just for salvation. I say just, obviously that's a big deal. But we need Jesus for salvation. But it's not just for that. So, here's your big question. You ready? I'd like to throw a few questions out. I'm going to pause. We can go too fast. How much do you think you need God in your life? And don't give me the religious answer. Don't go, oh, yeah, lots, lots, lots. I'm not after a number, but, um, you know, what, how much do you think you need God? And why? Why, more to the point? Anyone want to give me a, 
non-religious proper answer. Go on, Ravi. Yes. Yes. Good. Very good. Excellent. Excellent. Anything else? Oh, that's in a song. I'm not giving that. <laughs> But it is true. All right, okay. So, look, we need, we need it. And, and I, I honestly don't think I know. My heart gets deceived really easily. I know what the, my head says. I know what the Bible says. The, my, the Bible says very clearly I need God. My heart doesn't always recognize it. Yeah, I'll be real with you. My heart thinks sometimes, gets out of bed, thinks he can do the day without God quite well, thank you very much. Yeah, I know what I'm doing. I can get out of bed, I can do the stuff. I can go out and I can, and I can do it. And, and yet, where's our lack? Because the wonderful message about even the first verse, and don't worry, I'm not spending this amount of time on all the rest of them, but the wonderful message is wherever your lack is, wherever my lack is, God's going to fill it. Make sense? So if your lack is in peace, guess what? God wants to fill that lack. If your lack is in hope and you need hope, God's going to fill that hope. If your lack is in faith, you're coming to God and you saying, I haven't even got the faith. Right now, God's going to fill that faith. Blessed are those who know that they are poor in spirit. Blessed are those that know they need God. Yep, it's a good thing to have that knowledge. It's a topsy-turvy way of thinking because it's, it's upside-down kingdom principles. But that's the way this all works. We are all happier when we realize how much we need God. That's, that's the way it is. When we realize that without God we can do nothing, that's a happier place to be. We sound strange because we are almost trained to think that we should be independent. We, we, we raise our children to, to stop needing us so much. We raise them up and we say, come on, make your own choices, make your own mind up now, doing all of this. And that's how we're raised up, isn't it? Yeah, if, if I'm employing somebody for work, I don't want to be still doing their job for them three years down the line. I want them to be independent thinking. I want them to be like that. I don't want them to be going, well, Christian, I can't make my mind up about this still. And, and it's like, well, you make your mind up. You choose what's going on. It's how we're trained. It's how we're raised. It's the world we live in, apart from here. Because what's going on here is that God wants us to live increasingly dependent on him. Going to him for our wisdom. Going to him for our strength. Going to him for our love. Going to him for our grace. Because guess what? The more we do that, the more we will be happy people. Effectively is what Jesus is saying. The more satisfied we will be. Jesus is inviting us to increasingly dependent living off this tree. There was more than one piece of fruit there. You could keep on feeding. It's good, isn't it? This is a good preach. <laughs> well, anyway, maybe it's not. But there we go. The crux of the opening message. Say goodbye to live life by yourself. Tr say goodbye. Stop trying to solve all your own problems. That's the start of it. Cease braving the storms of life alone. Stop fighting fear or stop fighting sin or stop fighting addictions on your own because that's not what's going to work. Stop trying to be Superman. See that self-help doesn't work and start trusting in Jesus for by doing so we unlock the abundant riches of heaven. Yes, blessed are those who realize their need for God, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That is how to unlock heaven inside your heart, there and then. Know your need for him. The more we do, the more we are. Okay, so 
get into that. How much, and it's worthwhile thinking on it, dwelling on that. How much does our heart think it needs God? How much does it, because of all the, you look even of the fruits of the Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, peace, love, joy, patience. How much do you need patience in your life? There's a few nervous chuckles. Yeah. This tree will not give you patience. You can grit your teeth. If I do not, I was saying this before, the more, the more we do it, it is a journey, definitely. But I will lose it if I do not wait and say to God, God, I need you today. That's the starting prayer of my day, every day. God, I need you today. I need your spirit. I need your love. I need your grace ministering into my life. If I don't start there, if I just get up and if I just do the day and I think I'm in a rush, I'm late, I've got to do it. The first thing that goes wrong sends me nuts. Doesn't want the first thing. I dropped a spoon. There's somebody in the way in the kitchen. This is new, isn't it? Yeah. There's someone in the way. I need to get to the kettle. There's people in the way. There's people in the way of the cat. This becomes a big issue in my life if I've not. Now, if I've been eating off this tree, it's all right. Well, there's people in the way of the kitchen. Does it make any difference? Oh, this doesn't work. It's a red light, and we're already 30 seconds late. It doesn't make any help at all. The more we live our lives knowing we need him, the more we will receive from him. All right? It's so hard to receive from God if you think you're all right already. It's so hard to come into his presence if you think, you know what, today's going to be all right. It's going to be an easy day today. I don't really need to pray. You won't be thinking that up here, but down here. If you think you can do the day without God, it's so hard to access his presence. But it is. So how do we grow in this awareness? How do you actually grow knowing that? Well, every single one of us here has been created needing God. That's the truth, all right? Every single one of us. The question, or the, the verse didn't say, you, you know, grow in your need of God. It said grow, basically, in an awareness of your need for God. Realize just how much we need God. And that's what unlocks the kingdom of heaven in our hearts. Know just how much we are needed. So, every single day, I said to you, I start, I start the day, I need you today. And then I start thinking about the challenges I'm going to face, not the spoon dropping, maybe, but, but more serious ones. I'm going to face challenges today that are going to stretch me. I'm going to face challenges today that are going to test me, they're going to push me, they're going to test my patience. I've got to do whatever I've got to do today, whatever I've got to face today. And those are the things that cause my heart to go, yeah, I need God in those situations. If I was teaching bottom at year nine when I was a teacher, they were really easy ways to humble me really quickly. Yeah? I'd be like, oh, good grief, I've got to face those guys. Um, but it doesn't matter. You, you've always got things that are in your life that you, you have lack of. And those are the things which are really, really, really important to focus on. Because I, I find that if we're going to leave this alone and start coming to Jesus increasingly to know our need for him increasingly, then it's got to be humbling your own heart. If you're struggling, Beth read out a verse before, which is something that I've continuously gone back to, which is a go-to verse for me. God, apart from you, I can do nothing. And just keep meditating on that. Apart from you, I can do nothing. Apart from you, I can do nothing. Until in the end, my soul, my spirit goes, yeah, do you know what? That's the truth. My heart starts grabbing it. Apart from you, I can do nothing. And that's a really, really, really important verse for me because it's what causes my life 
to get more and more. It causes my heart, sorry, to lose its attraction to the let's just do life by myself. Because apart from God, it's just not going to work. Right, and now I've got to hit the rest of it. And it's just not going to happen in the amount of time we're going to be left. But remember what I said. Every single thing now follows that verse. You with me? I mean, I could do it in a different way. But really, when you're looking at it, every single thing that we now read, we need God for. If you're reading stuff in the Bible and you're going, I've got to really try to be more loving. I've got to really try to be more gracious. I've got to really try that. You know, I really think that's a good thing for me. You need God to move on. We can't do it. We all need God to move on wherever we are. Wherever your next step is in Jesus, we need God to do that in us. We need God. We need his spirit to be the inspirer and the empowerer to make those things happen for us. Is that making sense? It can't happen without him. So, I mean, I'm going to have to go through this a bit. I'm, I'm picking different verses. So five, Matthew 5, 4. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Um, we will, all, we, all of us will go through sad times, hurting times, times when things are not good in our lives. The question is, which tree do we feed from? When you go through sad times, which tree? Do you feed from this one to get your comfort, or do you feed from this one to get your comfort? You with me? This one. I mean, I can get my comfort from alcohol, from retail therapy, from binge TV, from whatever. You name it. This, this will try and promise some level of comfort. This is me trying to get my comfort. All right? I don't actually like booze, but anyway, you know, get the point. Yes? Everyone's got their thing which will help them feel more comforted. But it doesn't work. We go to this one. We go to Jesus again. The comfort, the only true comforter is Jesus himself. If you want to be truly satisfied in our, in, in, in our sad times, in our hurting times, in our times when we need healing, then it's got to be Jesus we go to. Nothing else touches it. Yes? So it's, it's one of those things where we, we have to keep coming to him. Trust Jesus to comfort us and nothing else. This is one I really wanted to hear. I'm missing some out, you'll notice. But Matthew 5, verse 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. What tree are you going to? Boo. This, this, this is just my thinking. You know, what feels... Have you ever heard... Oh, God, this does me head in. Have you ever heard... When you've been watching um, movies or whatever, and, it, and they're like, oh, it just felt right. I just did this, and it felt, it felt the right thing to do, you know? It felt right to have an affair. It felt right. To, do you know what I mean? And it's just like, well, you're just making stuff up. Yeah, you just, oh, it felt right. I couldn't, you know, but you could. This is where we go every single time. But we can easily, easily, easily justify lots of behavior if we're doing what we think is right. We have got to be constantly coming back to this tree to tell us what God's standards of morality are. Yes, this is the original thing. Our standards of morality, God's standards of morality. That's the choice. Not the verse, however, you'll have noticed, potentially. You should have put your hand up and said, you're not preaching. The verse doesn't say that. It says the hunger and the thirst. Yeah, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. So, how on earth... Do you hunger and thirst for righteousness? Just 
I'm just pausing there. How on earth do you get that going? I sat in a meeting once where whoever was leading it, conference or whatever it was, whoever was leading it, it didn't think there was enough passion in the room. You ever had this? No? There's not enough passion in the room. So they commanded all to pray in tongues for about 99 years until, until, they, until the level of zeal for the Lord Jesus was, was, was in the room. You can't do it like that. Well, you can try, but it, it doesn't work. It's not about you working it up. Yes, it's not about you trying your hardest to get passionate. Your feelings will vary. You may be on fire for Jesus right now. You may be not. Guess what? It actually doesn't matter. You can smile at that. It doesn't matter. Your feelings will change because they will spin around the next day and there'll be something completely different. The point of the verse is where are you going? Are you going here to say, God, I cannot hunger. I've not got the passion today. I've not got the hunger and the thirst today for you. Yes, what Jesus said, why this verse is so beautiful, is that Jesus is saying within it all, it doesn't matter how much passion you're feeling today because I'm your passion. Yep, feed off me and I will give you the passion. I will give you the desire. I will give you the hunger. I will give you the thirst to pursue me. The, the greatest two commands in the Bible are love God with all your heart, strength, soul and mind and love others as yourself. How are you getting on with being really passionate about that? Some nervous looks. Uh, it's okay. It's okay if you're not, all right? That's what I'm saying. We come back to, oh, you know, I'm really struggling with my next door neighbor. They're doing my head in right now. They're not, by the way, for those watching online. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, they're lovely people. They're lovely people. Um, forgot about that. But the, the thing is, the thing is, the thing is this, that if, if you are struggling with loving your enemies, well, dearie me, I would imagine most people do, there's only one place to go. Yes, God's never said grit your teeth and just get on with it. He's talking about coming to him and having a passion and a thirst and a, and a zeal for pursuing him. I've noticed this happen more and more and more in my own life. This, just this week as I pursue, just focus on this verse. I've been like, sometimes it's so easy to make the right decisions, isn't it? And sometimes you're not really sure. It's not as black and white. Things are quite gray. Things are quite, you know, you're not quite, you're not quite there. And the more I've just prayed, God, fill me with a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. I'm not saying I'm like bouncing on air. I'm not walking on air, but it's just so much easier to make the right decisions. Just so much easier. And it just starts completely in knowing that we have a lack somewhere. Yep. If we know we've got a lack somewhere, we can come to this tree and feed off it. Watch your lack. And in so many ones of these here, it's, it, that's, that's, that's a major one for me. Because feelings will not be your determinant on your relationship with God. Ever. It doesn't come to that. It's your decisions. So decide which tree we're going to each particular time. It is God's job to give you a hunger and a thirst to live righteously. That's a cheery message. I like it. All right, trust him. A very, very good one. Um, right then. Um, Going to skip that. Sorry. We're out of time. 
Um, Matthew 5, verse 9. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. Now, obviously, this is peace with people, but it's also peace to, um, to Jesus. And, um, and that's what I'm going to focus on now, because our vision is to intentionally build and it's to intentionally transform community. Now, this means that we are to go and make disciples of all of our communities. Yes, it's, it, it, that's effectively, it's summed up. Our neighbours, our schools, our workplaces, our families are your communities. All of those places are your communities. So as we go out and to intentionally, front-footed, go out and to change those places, to demonstrate God's love, to demonstrate and declare Jesus into those communities, that's our vision as a church. Amen? Yep. And so that's what we're looking to do. So we need to be seeking God for boldness to do that, if that's what you're struggling with, or whatever it is that your lack is in that issue. Yes, you might be sat there going, I have no problem with the boldness, but I have a problem with loving them, or whatever, then that's your lack. Whatever your lack is, you keep coming to this tree, you keep coming to Jesus, you keep feeding off Jesus, and say, Jesus, this is where I'm struggling today on these things. Um, John 15.5, oh, look at that, Beth, you were a finger on the pulse. John 15.5, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. All right? That's the truth. Apart from Jesus, you can have your Weetabix in the morning, let's get this right, but apart from Jesus, you can do nothing of eternal significance. Think about that for a minute. You can't change eternity without Jesus. You can have a life, but it won't change anybody. I find that quite scary. But with Jesus, with Jesus' presence, with Jesus and, and staying and remaining and abiding and drawing from him on a daily basis, you'll change the planet. That's the positive side of it. Yes, Draw from him and change people that you meet. Change people you come into connection with. Change people that you, you are there. That's, that's because fruit comes as we abide in Jesus, as we rely on Jesus to work through us. And we, can, we are to rely on Jesus that we may demonstrate his love and declare his love. And that's an important thing. Dallas Willard quote. Always like Dallas Willard. Dallas Willard. Ugh, I can't speak. Always like this guy. Um, Tend to the tree, and the fruit will take care of itself. It says it all, doesn't it? Tend to the tree, and the fruit will take care of itself. Tend to your relationship with Jesus, and then the fruit just happens. It, you don't need to force fruit. You just need to force the roots. That, that was new, that. You can have that. That just came out. <laughs> Look after the roots, and the fruit will take care of itself. Anyway, um, and then, yeah, we are losing time big time here, so we'll leave that as well. Um, I, did, I rewrote the Beatitudes I completely. Yeah, so it's not in the Bible, this. They're like prayers, prayerful Beatitudes. You going to let me do this or not? Yeah, some, of you, some of you are just about to walk out. <laughs> I'll just keep my head down and pretend that you all said yes. Um, Okay, these are the Beatitudes in prayer form, not all of them again. Uh, Lord, open my eyes to my need of you, that the riches of your kingdom may be unlocked in me. Open my eyes to my need of you. 
That's something that is essential. Lord, I need you to comfort me, for then I will be truly blessed. Lord, I need you to make me meek, that I may inherit your promises. Lord, I need you to give me a hunger and a thirst for righteousness, for then I will be truly satisfied. Lord, create in me a pure heart, for then I will enjoy your presence beyond measure. If I can have the band up, that would be great at this point there. It is all about whatever you're lacking, then God will be your supply. Amen? And, and that's a wonderful start to the Sermon on the Mount. He will supply whatever you need, wherever you are finding yourself completely missing out on at the moment. He will be there for, for you. Now, God desires to have that close, eternal relationship with every single person on this planet. And that is a relationship that holds a wonderful promise of complete peace. That's why Jesus left his disciples with this, what he comes to do all the time. It brings a joy, it brings a hope, it brings a future for each and every one of us. He loves us completely. And he desired that relationship with us so much that he came to this planet and he came and he died instead of us that we may have our sins forgiven, as I mentioned earlier. Completely and utterly wiped clean. He was raised to life to make us right with God, to give us peace with God. And it is by placing our faith in Jesus that we are made completely right with him. 